Act Four of Henry the Sixth, Part Three, by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Four, Scene One, London, the Palace. Enter Gloucester, Clarence, Somerset, and Montague. Now tell me, brother Clarence, what think you of this new marriage with the Lady Grey? Hath not our brother made a worthy choice? Alas, you know, tis far from hence to France. How could he stay till Warwick made return? My lords, forbear this talk, here comes the king. And his well-chosen bride. I mind to tell him plainly what I think. Flourish. Enter King Edward the Fourth, attended Queen Elizabeth, Pembroke, Stafford, Hastings, and others. Now, brother of Clarence, how like you are choice that you stand pensive, as hath malcontent. As well as Lewis of France, or the Earl of Warwick, which are so weak of courage and in judgment that they'll take no offence at our abuse. Suppose they take offence without a cause. They are but Lewis and Warwick. I am Edward, your king and Warwick's, and must have my will. And shall have your will, because our king, yet hasty marriage seldom proveth well. Yea, brother Richard, are you offended too? Not I. No, God forbid that I should wish them severed, whom God hath joined together, I and were pity to sunder them that yoke so well together. Setting your scorns and your mislike aside, tell me some reason why the Lady Grey should not become my wife and England's queen. And you too, Somerset and Montague, speak freely what you think. Then this is mine opinion, that King Lewis becomes your enemy for mocking him about the marriage of the Lady Borna. And Warwick, doing what you gave in charge, is now dishonoured by this new marriage. What if both Lewis and Warwick be appeased by such invention as I can devise? Yet, to have joined with France in such alliance, would more have strengthened this our commonwealth gainst foreign storms than any home-bred marriage. Why, knows not Montague, that of itself, England is safe, if true within itself. But the safer when tis backed with France. Tis better using France than trusting France. Let us be backed with God and with the seas, which he hath given for fence impregnable, and with their helps only defend ourselves. In them and in ourselves our safety lies. For this one speech Lord Hastings well deserves to have the heir of the Lord Hungerford. Ay, what of that? It was my will and grant, and for this once my will shall stand for law. And yet methinks your grace hath not done well to give the heir and daughter of Lord Scales unto the brother of your loving bride. She better would have fitted me or Clarence, but in your bride you bury brotherhood. Or else you would not have bestowed the heir of the Lord Bonville on your new wife's son, and leave your brothers to go speed elsewhere. Alas, poor Clarence, is it for a wife that thou art malcontent? I will provide thee. In choosing for yourself you showed your judgment, which being shallow you give me leave to play the broker in mine own behalf, and to that end I shortly mind to leave you. Leave me or tarry, Edward will be king, and not be tied unto his brother's will. My lords, before it pleased his majesty to raise my state to title of the queen, do me but right, and you must all confess that I was not ignoble of descent. 
and meaner than myself, have had like fortune. But as this title honours me in mine, so your dislike, to whom I would be pleasing, doth cloud my joys with danger and with sorrow. My love, forbear to fawn upon their frowns what danger or what sorrow can befall thee. So long as Edward is thy constant friend, and their true sovereign, whom they must obey, nay, whom they shall obey, and love thee too, unless they seek for hatred at my hands, which, if they do, yet will I keep thee safe, and they shall feel the vengeance of my wrath. Aside. I hear, yet say not much, but think the more. Enter post. Now, messenger. What letters, or what news from France? My sovereign liege, no letters and few words, but such as I, without your special pardon, dare not relate. Go to, we pardon thee. Therefore, in brief, tell me their words as near as thou canst guess them. What answer makes King Louis unto our letters? At my departure, these were his very words. Go tell Fosset with thy supposed king, that Louis of France is sending over Mascus to revel it with him and his new bride. Is Louis so brave? Belike he thinks me Henry. But what said Lady Bona to my marriage? These were her words, uttered with my disdain. Tell him in hope he'll prove a widower shortly. I'll wear the widow garland for his sake. I blame not her. She could say little less. She had the wrong. But what said Henry's queen? For I have heard that she was there in place. Tell him, quoted she, my morning weeds are done, and I am ready to put my armor on. Belike she minds to play the Amazon. But what said Warwick to these injuries? He, more incessant against your majesty than all the rest, discharged me with these words. Tell him from me that he had done me wrong, and therefore I'll uncrown him ere it be long. Ha! Does the traitor breathe out so proud words? Will I, will arm me, being thus forewarned? They shall have wars, and pay for their presumption. But say, is Warwick friends with Margaret? Ay, gracious sovereign, they are so linked in friendship that young Prince Edward marries Warwick's daughter. Belike the elder, Clarence will have the younger. Now, brother king, farewell, and sit you fast, for I will hence to Warwick's other daughter that though I want a kingdom, yet in marriage I may not prove inferior to yourself. You that love me, and Warwick, follow me. Exit Clarence, and Somerset follows. Aside. Not I. My thoughts aim at further matter. I stay not for the love of Edward, but the crown. Clarence and Somerset both gone to Warwick. Yet am I armed against the worst can happen, and haste is needful in this desperate case. Pembroke and Stafford, you, in our behalf, go levy men, and make prepare for war. They are all ready, or quickly will be landed. Myself, in person, will straight follow you. Exeunt Pembroke and Stafford. But ere I go hasting in Montague, resolve my doubt. You twain, of all the rest, are near to Warwick by blood and by allegiance. Tell me, if you love Warwick more than me, if it be so, then both depart to him. I rather wish you foes than hollow friends. But if you mind to hold your true obedience, give me assurance with some friendly vow that I may never have you in suspect. So God help Montague as he proves true. And Hastings, as he favors Edward's cause. Now, Brother Richard, will you stand by us? Aye, in despite of all that shall withstand you. 
Why so? Then I am sure of victory. Now therefore let us hence, and lose no hour till we meet Warwick with his foreign power. Exeunt. Scene 2. A plain in Warwickshire. Enter Warwick and Oxford with French soldiers. Trust me, my lord, all hitherto goes well. The common people by numbers swarm to us. Enter Clarence and Somerset. But see where Somerset and Clarence come. Speak suddenly, my lords. Are we all friends? Fear not that, my lord. Then, gentle Clarence, welcome unto Warwick. And welcome, Somerset. I hold it cowardice to rest mistrustful where a noble heart hath pawned an open hand in sign of love. Else might I think that Clarence, Edward's brother, were but a feigned friend to our proceedings. But welcome, sweet Clarence, my daughter shall be thine. And now what rests but, in a night's coverture, thy brother being carelessly encamped, his soldiers lurking in the towns about, and but attended by a simple guard, we may surprise and take him at our pleasure. Our scouts have found the adventure very easy, that as Ulysses and stout Diomede, with slate and manhood stole to Rhesus' tents, and brought from thence the Thracian fatal steeds, so we, well covered with the knight's black mantle, at unawares may beat down Edward's guard and seize himself. I say not slaughter him, for I intend but only to surprise him. You that follow me on this attempt, applaud the name of Henry with your leader. They all cry, Henry. Why then, let's on our way in silent sort, for Warwick and his friends, God and St. George. Exeunt. Scene 3. Edward's camp near Warwick. Enter three watchmen to guard King Edward the Fourth's tent. Come on, my masters, each man take his stand. The king by this has set him down to sleep. What, will he not to bed? Why, no, for he hath made a solemn vow never to lie and take his natural rest till Warwick or himself be quite suppressed. Tomorrow, then, belike shall be the day, if Warwick be so near as men report. But say, I pray, what nobleman is that that with the king here resteth in his tent? Tis the Lord Hastings, the king's chiefest friend. Oh, is it so? But why commands the king that his chief followers lodge in towns about him, while he himself keeps in the cold field? Tis the more honour, because more dangerous. Ay, but give me worship and quietness. I like it better than a dangerous honour. If Warwick knew in what estate he stands, tis to be doubted he would waken him. Unless our halberts did shut up his passage. Ay, wherefore else guard we his royal tent, but to defend his person from night foes. And to Warwick, Clarence, Oxford, Somerset, and French soldiers, silent all. This is his tent, and see where stand his guard. Courage, my masters, and honour now or never, but follow me, and Edward shall be ours. Who goes there? Stay, or the diest. Warwick and the rest cry, All Warwick, Warwick, and set upon the guard, who fly, crying, Arm, arm. Warwick and the rest following them. The drum playing and trumpet sounding re-enter, Warwick, Somerset, and the rest, bringing King Edward the Fourth out in his gown, sitting in a chair. Richard and Hastings fly over the stage. What are they that fly there? Richard and Hastings, let them go. Here is the duke. The duke? Why, Warwick, when we parted thou calledst me king. 
Ay, but the case is altered. When you disgraced me in my embassade, then I degraded you from being king, and come now to create you Duke of York. Alas, how should you govern any kingdom that know not how to use ambassadors, nor how to be contented with one wife, nor how to use your brothers brotherly, nor how to study for the people's welfare, nor how to shroud yourself from enemies? Yea, brother of Clarence, thou art here too. Nay, then I see that Edward's needs must down. Yet, Warwick, in despite of all mischance, of thee thyself, and all thy complices, Edward, will always bear himself as king. Though misfortune's malice overthrow my state, my mind exceeds the compass of her wheel. Then for his mind be Edward England's king. Takes off his crown. But Henry now shall wear the English crown, and be true king indeed, thou but the shadow. My lord of Somerset, at my request, see that forthwith Duke Edward be conveyed unto my brother, Archbishop of York. When I have fought with Pembroke and his fellows, I'll follow you and tell you what answer Lewis and the Lady Bona send to him. Now for a while farewell, good Duke of York. They lead him out forcibly. What fate impose, that men must needs abide, it boots not to resist both wind and tide. Exit guarded. What now remains, my lords, for us to do, but march to London with our soldiers? Ay, that's the first thing that we have to do, to free King Henry from imprisonment and see him seated in the regal throne. Exit. Scene 4. London, the palace. Enter Queen Elizabeth and Rivers. Madam, what makes you in this sudden change? Why, Brother Rivers, are you yet to learn what late misfortune has befallen King Edward? What? Loss of some pitched battle against Warwick? No, but the loss of his own royal person. Then is my sovereign slain? Aye, almost slain, for he is taken prisoner, either betrayed by falsehood of his guard, or by his foe surprised at unawares and, as I further have to understand, is new committed to the Bishop of York, fell Warwick's brother, and by that our foe. These news, I must confess, are full of grief. Yet, gracious madam, bear it as you may. Warwick may lose, that now hath won the day. Till then, fair hope must hinder life's decay. And I the rather wean me from despair for love of Edward's offspring in my womb. This is it that makes me bridle passion, and bear with mildness my misfortune's cross. Aye, aye, for this I draw in many a tear, and stop the rising of blood's sucking sighs, lest with my sighs or tears I blast or drown King Edward's fruit, true heir to the English crown. But, madam, where is Warwick then become? I'm informed that he comes towards London to set the crown once more on Henry's head. Guess thou the rest? King Edward's friends must down. But to prevent the tyrant's violence, for trust not him that hath once broken faith, I'll henceforth with him to the sanctuary, to save at least the heir of Edward's right. There shall I rest secure from force and fraud. Come, therefore, let us fly while we may fly. If Warwick take us, we are sure to die. Exeunt Scene five. A park near Middleham Castle in Yorkshire. 
Enter Gloucester, Hastings, and Stanley. Now, my Lord Hastings and Sir William Stanley, leave off to wonder why I drew you hither into this chiefest thicket of the park. Thus stands the case. You know our king, my brother, is prisoner to the bishop here, at whose hands he hath good usage and great liberty, and often but attended with weak guard, comes hunting this way to disport himself. I have advertised him by secret means, that if about this hour he makes his way, under the colour of his usual game, he shall here find his friends with horse and men to set him free from his captivity. Enter King Edward the Fourth and a huntsman with him. This way, my lord, for this way lies the game. Nay, this way, man, see where the huntsmen stand. Now, brother of Gloucester, Lord Hastings, and the rest, stand you thus close and steal the bishop's deer? Brother, the time and case requireth haste. Your horse stands ready at the park corner. But whither shall we then? To Lynn, my lord and ship from thence to Flanders. Well, guest, believe me, for that was my meaning. Stanley, I will requite thy forwardness. But wherefore stay we? Tis no time to talk. Huntsman, what sayst thou? Wilt thou go along? Better do so than tarry and be hanged. Come then, away, let's ha no more ado. Bishop, farewell. Shield thee from Warwick's frown, and pray that I may repossess the crown. Exeunt. Scene six. London, the Tower. Flourish. Enter King Henry the Sixth, Clarence, Warwick, Somerset, Henry of Richmond, Oxford, Montague, and Lieutenant of the Tower. Master Lieutenant, now that God and friends have shaken Edward from the regal seat and turned my captive state to liberty, my fear to hope, my sorrows unto joys. At our enlargement, what are thy due fees? Subjects may challenge nothing of their sovereigns, but if an humble prayer may prevail, I then crave pardon of your majesty. For what, lieutenant? For well using me? Nay, be thou sure I'll well requite thy kindness, for that it made my imprisonment a pleasure. Ay, such a pleasure as in caged birds conceive, when, after many moody thoughts, at last by notes of household harmony they quite forget their loss of liberty. But, Warwick, after God thou setst me free, and chiefly therefore I thank God and thee. He was the author, thou the instrument. Therefore, that I may conquer fortune's spite by living low, where fortune cannot hurt me, and that the people of this blessed land may not be punished with my thwarting stars, Warwick, although my head still wear the crown, I here resign my government to thee, for thou art fortunate in all thy deeds. Your grace hast still been feigned by virtuous, and now may seem as wise as virtuous, by spying and avoiding fortune's malice, for few men rightly temper with the stars. Yet in this one thing let me blame your grace for choosing me when Clarence is in place. No, Warwick, thou art worthy of the sway, to whom the heavens in thy nativity adjudged an olive-branch and laurel crown, as likely to be blessed in peace and war, and therefore I yield thee my free consent. And I choose Clarence only for protector. Warwick and Clarence give me both your hands. Now join your hands, and with your hands your hearts, that no dissension hinder government. 
I make you both protectors of this land, while I myself will lead a private life, and in devotion spend my latter days, to sin's rebuke and my Creator's praise. What answers Clarence to his sovereign's will? That he consents if Warwick yield consent, for on thy fortune I repose myself. Why then, though loath, yet must I be content? We'll yoke together like a double shadow to Henry's body, and supply his place, I mean in bearing weight of government, while he enjoys the honour and his ease. And, Clarence, now then, it is more than needful forthwith that Edward be pronounced a traitor, and all his lands and goods be confiscate. What else? And that succession be determined? Aye, therein Clarence shall not want his part. But with the first of all your chief affairs let me entreat, for I command no more, that Margaret your queen and my son Edward be sent for, to return from France with speed. For till I see them here, by doubtful fear my joy of liberty is half eclipsed. It shall be done, my sovereign, with all speed. My lord of Somerset, what youth is that of whom you seem to have so tender care? My liege, it is young Henry, Earl of Richmond. Come hither, England's hope. Lays his hand on his head. If secret powers suggest but truth to my divining thoughts, this pretty lad will prove our country's bliss. His looks are full of peaceful majesty, his head by nature framed to wear a crown, his hand to wield a sceptre, and himself likely in time to bless a regal throne. Make much of him, my lords, for this is he must help you more than you are hurt by me. Enter a post. What news, my friend? That Edward has escaped from your brother, and fled as he has since to Burgundy. Unsavory news! But how made he escape? He was conveyed by Richard, Duke of Gloucester, and Lord Hastings, who attended him in secret ambush on the far side, and from the bishop's huntsman rescued him for hunting was his daily exercise. My brother was too careless of his charge, but let us hence, my sovereign, to provide a salve for any sore that may betide. Exeunt all but Somerset, Henry of Richmond, and Oxford. My lord, I like not of this flight of Edward's, for doubtless Burgundy will yield him help, and we shall have more wars before to be long. As Henry's late presaging prophecy did glad my heart with hope of this young Richmond, so doth my heart misgive me in these conflicts, what may befall him to his harm and ours. Therefore, Lord Oxford, to prevent the worst, forthwith will send him hence to Brittany, till storms be passed of civil enmity. Ay, for if Edward repossess the crown, tis like that Richmond with the rest shall down. It shall be so. He shall to Brittany. Come, therefore, let's about it speedily. Exeunt. Scene seven, before York. Flourish. Enter King Edward the Fourth, Gloucester, Hastings, and soldiers. Now, brother Richard, Lord Hastings, and the rest. Yet thus far fortune maketh us amends, and says that once more I shall interchange my waned state for Henry's regal crown. Well have we passed, and now repassed the seas, and brought desired help from Burgundy. What then remains, we being thus arrived from Ravensburg haven before the gates of York, but that we enter, as into our dukedom? The gates made fast, 
brother i like not this for many men that stumble at the threshold are well foretold that danger lurks within tushman abodements must not now affright us by fair or foul means we must enter in for hither will our friends repair to us my liege i'll knock once more to summon them enter on the walls the mayor of york and his brethren my lords we were forewarned of your coming and shut the gates for safety of ourselves for now we owe allegiance unto henry but master mayor if henry be your king yet edward at least is duke of york true my good lord i know you for no less why and i challenge nothing but my dukedom as being well content with that alone aside but when the fox hath once got in his nose he'll soon find means to make the body follow why master mayor why stand you in a doubt open the gates we are king henry's friends ay say you so the gates shall then be opened they descend a wise stout captain and soon persuaded the good old man would fain that all were well so twere not long of him but being entered i doubt not ay but we shall soon persuade both him and all his brothers unto reason enter the mayor and two aldermen below so master mayor these gates must not be shut but in the night or in the time of war what fear not man but yield me up the keys takes his keys for edward will defend the town and thee and all those friends that deign to follow me march enter montgomery with drum and soldiers brother this is sir john montgomery our trusty friend unless i be deceived welcome sir john but why come you in arms to help king edward in his time of storm as every loyal subject ought to do thanks good montgomery but we now forget our title to the crown and only claim our dukedom till god please to send the rest then fare you well for i will hence again i came to serve a king and not a duke drummer strike up and let us march away the drum begins to march nay stay sir john a while and we'll debate by what safe means the crown may be recovered what talk you of debating in few words if you'll not here proclaim yourself our king i'll leave you to your fortune and be gone to keep them back that come to succour you why shall we fight if you pretend no title why brother wherefore stand you on nice points when we grow stronger then we'll make our claim till then tis wisdom to conceal our meaning away with scrupulous wit now arms must rule and fearless minds climb soonest unto crowns brother we will proclaim you out of hand the brute thereof will bring you many friends then be it as you will for tis my right and henry but usurps the diadem ay now my sovereign speaketh like himself and now will i be edward's champion sound trumpet edward shall be here proclaimed come fellow soldier make thou proclamation flourish edward the fourth by the grace of god king of england and france and lord of ireland true and just heir 
Duke of York, Earl of March and Ulster. And whosoever gainsays King Edward's right, by this I challenge him to single fight. Throws down his gauntlet. Long live Edward the Thanks, brave Montgomery, and thanks unto you all. If fortune serve me, I'll requite this kindness. Now for this night, let's harbor here in York. And when the morning sun shall raise his car above the border of the horizon, we'll forward towards Warwick and his mates. For well I wot that Henry is no soldier. Ah, forward, Clarence, how evil it beseems thee to flatter Henry and forsake thy brother. Yet as we may, we'll meet both thee and Warwick. Come on, brave soldiers, doubt not of the day, and that once gotten, doubt not of large pay. Exeunt. Scene eight, London the palace, flourish, enter King Henry the sixth, Warwick, Montague, Clarence, Exeter, and Oxford. What counsel, lords? Edward from Belgia, with hasty Germans and blunt Hollanders, hath passed in safety through the narrow seas, and with his troops doth march amain to London, and many giddy people flock to him. Let's levy men and beat him back again. A little fire is quickly trodden out, which being suffered, rivers cannot quench. In Warwick cheer I have true-hearted friends, not mutinous in peace, yet bold in war. Those will I muster up, and thou, son Clarence, shalt stir up in Suffolk, Norfolk, and in Kent the knights and gentlemen to come with thee. Thou, brother Montague, in Buckingham, Northampton, and in Leicestershire shalt find men well inclined to hear what thou commandest. And thou, brave Oxford, wondrous well-beloved, in Oxfordshire shalt muster up thy friends. My sovereign, with the loving citizens, like to his island girt in with the ocean, or modest Dian circled with her nymphs, shall rest in London till we come to him. Fair lords, take leave, and stand not to reply. Farewell, my sovereign. Farewell, my Hector and my Troy's true hope. In sign of truth I kiss your Highness' hand. Well-minded, Clarence, be thou fortunate. Comfort, my lord, and so I take my leave. And thus I seal my truth and bid adieu. Sweet Oxford, and my loving Montague, and all at once, once more a happy farewell. Farewell, sweet lords, let's meet at Coventry. Exeunt all but King Henry the Sixth and Exeter. Here at the palace I will rest a while. Cousin of Exeter, what thinks your lordship? Methinks the power that Edward hath in field should not be able to encounter mine. The doubt is that he will seduce the rest. That's not my fear. My meed hath got me fame. I have not stopped mine ears to their demands, nor posted off their suits with slow delays. My pity hath been balm to heal their wounds. My mildness hath allayed their swelling griefs. My mercy dried their water-flowing tears. I have not been desirous of their wealth, nor much oppressed them with great subsidies, nor forward of revenge, though they much erred. Then why should they love Edward more than me? No, Exeter, these graces challenge grace, and when the lion fawns upon the lamb, the lamb will never cease to follow him. Shout within. A Lancaster, a Lancaster. Hark, hark, my lord, 
what shouts are these enter king edward the fourth gloucester and soldiers seize on the shamefaced henry bear him hence and once again proclaim us king of england you are the fount that makes small brooks to flow thou stops thy spring my sea shall suck them dry and swell so much the higher by their ebb hence with him in the tower let him not speak exeunt some with king henry the sixth and lords toward coventry bend we our course where peremptory warwick now remains the sun shines hot and if we use delay cold biting winter mars our hoped for hay away betimes before his forces join and take the great grown traitor unawares brave warriors march amain towards coventry exit end of act four